Hello and welcome to Make Ideas Reality, the podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to everyday creative heroes making their ideas reality that wouldn't necessarily get their story heard. I hope to inspire you with their stories, give you courage to leave your comfort zone, think big, and be the badass creator you were meant to be. I'm Justin White, aka The Garage Avenger. Let's do this! I have to say, in the camera, mm-hmm. that looks like a photo. Yeah, it looks much cooler in the picture. It does, really. Like, yeah. it's really cool. And that's, that's the thing about it. I made it so it should look like a, like a latex balloon. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it. And like, when especially you in the camera. Yeah. Like, you can see its paint when you look close here, but yeah. in the camera, it looks like a photo. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's, it's really, really cool. cool. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Make Ideas Reality. Today I have uh, a guest on, which most of you probably don't know, uh, because uh, we've changed genre a little bit from maker to graffiti. Um, today I'm speaking with Steiner Kaspari. Is that what we're going to say? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to say, I want to say, I don't know what I want to say with you. No, it's a little Italian. Yeah. Caspari. Caspari. Yeah. Um, uh, Now, story with Steiner is that uh, I actually met Steiner about probably five or six years ago on the street. He was painting a wall in the town square somewhere. And I stopped him, talked with him. He didn't remember me, of course. <laughs> I, I only just put two and two together and realized it was him when we were doing our little pre-podcast. <laughs> but here the interesting part was Steiner is a nurse and my friend was super sick. He was in the ICU for was it nearly three months and Steiner was looking after him and in fact, that's pretty much how we connected after that point. And yeah. uh, a lot's happened since then when yeah. you were working as a nurse. So yeah. that's really cool. So uh, I just want to introduce you, uh, say hello everyone to Steiner. Welcome. Hello, everyone. <laughs> um, now, um, obviously my audience are core makers. Now makers mm. is a pretty general term. Uh, but we don't often put graffiti under the the maker title. That's usually, you know, artistry and mm. that sort of side the graffiti comes under. Um, so uh, a lot of the guys that are listening don't really know who you are, wouldn't have a clue who you are. So I thought I'd give you the opportunity to sort of tell them who, who you are and what you do and what you're all about. Yeah. Uh, I'm Steiner Kaspari. I'm a, I'm a full-time graffiti artist. Um, working uh, now as I think the, I think I'm the first fully employed graffiti artist I've never heard of anyone else uh, so that's uh, pretty commercial and uh, pretty new also um, yeah that's what I do every day I paint graffiti and commission mostly and I also have a workshop where I do all kinds of craziness what, what do you mean, all kinds of craziness? <laughs> no, I, uh, I strip naked and I dance around. <laughs> 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 no, 
Uh, no, is that uh, why we're not in the workshop right now? For sure, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not nice. <laughs> no, I paint um, my own stuff, you know, and, and I spend a lot of nights there. Actually, when I'm not home with my family, I, I tend to be there. If I'm, yeah, or else I'm in some commission somewhere on the project. So you, you got a family, and yes, I have a wife. Uh, and I have a little daughter uh, who's awesome, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a nice little house in the woods and uh, a dog, a very small dog, a lap dog. A lap dog? Yeah. I didn't expect you to have a lap no. dog. No, <laughs> I, like I like to walk it because it looks uh, very masculine. <laughs> She's cool though. <laughs> and so how... How many years have you been painting for and doing this type of work for? Uh, I started painting graffiti in 1999. Uh, so I'm on my 20th year, I, I think, yeah, 21st year or something. Yeah, I started with a friend of mine. Uh, um, we got into it through some other friends who were painting graffiti and who were really good back then. Uh, so we got inspired and we started. Uh, started this uh, crew, only me and him. And uh, uh, instead of painting regular or traditional graffiti lettering and stuff, we uh, we tried to, to um, focus more on characters and uh, was um, experimenting a lot um, besides trying to make cool letters and, and so I've never really been like a, a typical graffiti writer, even though we, we painted, uh, painted a lot of illegal stuff in the first years, of course. That's how everyone gets into it. And I think it's a really important part of the whole thing. Why do you, think, that, why do you think it's important? I think it's where you learn, you know. You, um, and back then, uh, graffiti wasn't... Um, looked upon as okay, you know, the society didn't like it and we were chased around and no one really thought graffiti was nice or cool or no one would have it inside their living rooms. Mm. Uh, so you had to, in a way, do it. And yeah, the standard answer is at night, you know, running around, painting walls. <laughs> yeah. But it, it didn't take long until we uh, we thought that we could do more with it. And um, after getting busted a few times, and that's pretty expensive. Um, yeah, because here in Norway, we it, like graffiti was like properly frowned upon, right? Yeah, like it wasn't just like a turn a blind eye sort of to these kids just bombing walls and stuff. Occasionally, yeah. it was like. Like what? There's quite strong laws against it, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. And and uh, there was, um, uh, I mean, they were chasing us with canines and everything. They hated graffiti uh, painters. Uh, so I've had these crazy canine dogs after me um, one time, and that's that's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> that's some scary dogs, and you of course you just freeze. But um, no, there there was like it made a law that was um, making graffiti completely prohibited. So you hmm. couldn't do it uh, anywhere. And um, 
And if you got caught, you got pretty, you had to pay fines and of course maybe spend a night in jail, uh, like on the police station. Did you, do you have to like clean it up? You know, if you know what I mean, they made yeah. you paint over it or things like that. Yeah, that was if you were uh, a polite guy uh, as we were, uh, we've never been like, uh, fuck the cops and whatnot, yeah. you know, we, we've always uh, thought that uh, if you, if you, if you're a good guy, you can, you, you can um, create less problems for yourself. So uh, we often ended up like painting over the wall we were busted for. And, and then, I mean, we got, yeah, treated better. Mm. I think it's, I think for our sake, it was wise. Yeah, because a lot of this, the stigma, the stigma behind graffiti artists is often, you know, like rebelling, uh, mm. you know, against authority. Um, and I, I have a, I mean, I'm always interested because how, like even to now, like nowadays, there's still a stigma regarding graffiti, right? And mm. now you are a commercial graffiti artist, you mm. work on commission. And how has it been to, you know, reject that stigma of the graffiti artist and change people's perceptions of what graffiti is? Yeah, and I mean, in the early 2000s, we were a big part of bringing graffiti inside, you know, and uh, we had an, an exhibition in 2005 and I've never heard of an exhibition in Norway with graffiti paintings before. So that was kind of new and, and it was, I, I felt it was pretty easy to, to get the, um, uh, to get people to like it and to understand it a little bit better when it was brought in on a smaller um, piece, you know? Yeah. And you could actually hang it on the wall and it looked okay. And, and it was happening a lot of things in Europe and in the world and outside of Norway, uh, a lot more, of course. And uh, in some of the big cities, I mean, graffiti was starting to get this. People were starting to refer at graffiti as uh, some kind of art, you know, they, they started playing with the art. Um, Tag. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, and that that was a problem for most of the graffiti guys because they didn't want it to be art. No, graffiti isn't art in, in many many people's eyes, and that's that's cool. I mean, for my sake, you don't have to call it art. You can call it art if you want. Mm. I don't I don't tag it really. What do you tag it yourself as? No, I think it's uh, for me. It's it's a combination of things. It's um, it's a craft. You know, um, like any other, um, what do you call like carpenting and painting and all these uh, yeah, types this of is like a skill or trade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And for me, it's it's um, as much that as it is um, art. I mean, it, obviously, it has some art in it because you're you're quite methodical with your your work, right? Yeah. You know, you you from what we talked about in the pre-podcast, you, you do like a whole heap of planning for each project. Yeah. Uh, and you do many designs and you talk with the customer and the clients with regards to what you envisioning, like what you envisage for the work and how it will work in the space and so on. And then 
you know, you also talked to me about the way you, you know, trace it out on, yeah, on the walls and stuff <clears throat> before you go ahead. So it's, it's not, it's not like a, it seemed to me like it was not like a, just a fluent artistic, you know, expression. It's very calculated, therefore it's more trade-like, it's more skills-based yeah. type of work. Yeah. yeah, and I think that, that fits the... Because I have chosen to be a commercial graffiti artist, and I think it fits the commercial market more. And it's easier, because when people see something, they, when people can see something easily and they can be helped to see um, um, the potential and, and if I can make it easy for them to see what this could be or what that could be, it's easier for them to say, yes, we want this and we want to go large about it mm. in a way. So coming back to the stigma, you know, you have a lot of people general, in general, if, they, if you were at a party, for example, and you mm. met someone new and you said, you know, I'm a graffiti mm. artist or tradesman yeah. or whatever you want to say. Right? No, then I'm going like, to say I'm a graffiti painter or a yeah. graffiti artist. Yeah. Yeah. And then how, like, so someone, someone says to you like, oh shit, you know, like bombing the streets or like, how do you sort of, how do you explain that to them to get them to understand actually really what you do? Yeah. Nowadays I don't really explain too much because I don't bother uh, a little bit because um, it's always, is almost always the same uh, questions that you get asked, you know, and, and people seem to have, now people have decided that they like graffiti because they're trying to, they're, try, they're beginning to see the difference between vandalism and, and the art form. Yeah? Mm. So uh, they like graffiti, but they don't like the cluttering uh, around. So. Uh, and and that's like ninety percent of everyone says that you know, ah yeah. So you you're doing graffiti and not the cluttering thing. Then I like it, you know. Oh, so, cluttering, you mean yeah, like tagging. the tags and yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, the more yeah. the more real graffiti related aspect of it, really, mm. because that's also a really important part of the culture. Yeah, yeah. So I I mean I can look at a tag and and really appreciate it and see it. Let's talk about your journey so far. It's not your typical journey. Like, it's, you, you said you've been painting for 21 years. Mm. And you've only really become like proper full-time commercial. How long have you been doing proper full-time commercial painting for? Full-time has been um, since last summer. Yeah, when so it, yeah, it's pretty new. short time, like less than a year. Yeah, yeah. So it's you've obviously been doing this a long time. It's been a huge journey. Yeah. Tell me about like what's what has been the the steps and the processes during that yeah. those twenty one years to get you here. Yeah, man, that's a long road. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, everything started with um, uh, a passion that grew quickly and became like uh, everything uh, and um, I was uh, I've always been eager to try to uh, master things you know and try to to develop develop a skill and develop techniques that stand out a little bit and mm. to make things look impossible so 
Um, very early, I started in um, a friend of mine, or actually uh, an earlier, um, uh, what do you call, employer. Yeah. Um, he he got me and my friend a, a work a workshop that we could use our nights um, creating pictures and stuff because that's that's what we really liked both of us. And so we spend uh, tons of hours in that uh, space and and just to develop skills and and try to find new ways to to make uh, to make graffiti or to to make the the tool the spray can uh, do anything you know and um, and then we started to get these small commissions uh, often like uh, we got paid in you know beer or <laughs> whatever small things and we uh, eventually we, we started to be um, asked from restaurants and bars and stuff if we could produce and hang pictures in there um, yeah um, around town and, and people seemed to like it and and it grew slowly and and we evolved our uh, our craft um, in 2010 there was like a turning point for me though yeah um, because I was uh, I was living in Oslo and um, my friend Jürgen also lived in Oslo and we used to have these um, drawing nights or these uh, drawing sessions um, one or two nights a week and uh, where we drew uh, characters and comics and stuff and uh, my friend was really into comics and and he was I think he was kind of tired of the whole graffiti thing but I'm I had the the, the biggest hunger ever for trying to make it something more so. I remember we were talking and uh, I asked him that either we can, I have decided and I, either we can do it together, you know, we can try to make this work together and uh, or I'm going to do this my own way and I'm going to do it 100%. Yeah. And, and for me that was, uh, when I walked from his house that night, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to live from graffiti one day and it's going to happen. No doubt about it. Yeah, so so you're pretty determined, like from that point onward, that it yeah. was going to work. Yeah, especially, and I, and I saw that I had some I had some skills, and I could uh, I was able to do many things then. But of course, now I can do tons more. Yeah. Um, so and then I really started to to progress on the techniques, and then I tried to like figure out how to solve different problems uh, or challenges. And uh, I've always been like a sucker for uh, for um, universal laws, and and uh, I like uh, the thought of the law of attraction and stuff, you know. Mm. So so I've always had a positive. Um, I've always tried to stay positive, and even though uh, you know, sometimes it's not much work, maybe and stuff, and and then you have to create your own work and you have to create your own project. So from 2010, I started really trying to create um, projects that would matter and would be recognized and try to get everyone's attention a little bit. So that was you pushing yourself beyond yeah. what you could normally do. Yeah, for sure. To, to, to move forward. Yeah. I think that's really valuable because, you know, unless we push ourselves, we won't move forward, right? You no. Know? No one will come home and pick you up on the couch. Yeah. You have to create it yourself. So you, you started pushing yourself. You start getting a lot more, um, you know, skills based up. And then, and then 
Was there a particular project where you you've maybe won like a like a tender to to do a project and you thought this is it this is this is the proof that this is going to work yeah i mean i've had many of them uh in the start i mean the bigger projects for me was like um uh, council uh, commissions and stuff and you got this um really great walls in the center of town and um uh, where a lot of people would see it but then uh, I think in 2013 I was commissioned to do a um, 500 square meter uh, job in a hotel in Tunsberg, and that was that was the biggest project I've had uh, until then, and and one of the biggest until this date. Actually, it was huge. It took 10 months, and I was also working as a nurse at that time. Uh, so I, I had like a 75% um, uh, nurse job and then I had like 100% graffiti um, on the side, which means it took all, all my spare time. Talk to me about <coughs> that because you've got a family, you've got a yeah. wife and, and now a four-year-old yeah. daughter. Is it a daughter? Yeah. yeah. And you know, you've got a job like that on 500 square meters. You're working 75% as a nurse, yeah. probably doing shift work, which yeah, is yeah. hard for the body and everything. Yeah. And then you're getting up and you're saying, right now is the time to paint. Yeah. Like, was that all a struggle for you? Or is it just something you just said, this is happening. This is, this is how I want things to be yeah. yeah I knew that I had to I knew that I had to do this project because if I wanted to come somewhere this was a super important project and it costed a lot and I was uh, getting thinner I didn't eat enough I didn't sleep enough you know it um, it took a tear but uh, I was I was waking up and if I had the night shift I was working on the hotel painting until 10 minutes before my night shift and then I ran up to the hospital and worked my night shift and uh, and the same day after if I worked um, daytime I went straight to the hotel and worked the night shift there painting and many nights I was also working at the hotel because I had to be it was 500 square meters of portraits basically and what's funny about it is that before that I had never painted a portrait in my life <laughs> so it was <laughs> And would Ambitious. you say, well, yeah, well, you've, I've seen some of your portraits, amazing, like properly amazing. Mm -hmm. And so this is the first project you <laughs> had ever done in portraits. Mm -hmm. And it was 500. How many actual portraits were included in that job? Like how many faces I think it was, did you have to do? Yeah, I think it was 36. 36 yeah. portraits and you've never done a portrait before? No. <laughs> <laughs> so but that's uh, that's my that's my core you know as and that's how i like to work i have to have uh, i have to let the challenge be as big as it can be because then i evolve quicker and um, for me painting a portrait at that time seemed impossible because i've tried to draw portraits before and it never gets the way i want them to yeah and it's really hard to capture the the soul of the portrait and it takes tons of practice you know, but that was a good practice. Um, well, actually, actually, I mean, I, I remember seeing the work you did in uh, when I first met you like five, six years ago. Yeah. And seeing that work and then seeing the work that you do now. Yeah. A lot of years apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of. Yeah, happened. like 
lots lots gone on yeah and I, I think it's really valuable for people to take note i mean you put yourself deep yeah. in this project with no way of getting out yeah you know like you had never painted portraits before and they there you are right in the middle of it yeah you didn't say no no <laughs> right you, of course. Didn't, you didn't say i've never done this i can't do this sorry i won't take the job no I'm, uh, but I'm, I'm realistic about it. Uh, I knew I could do it if I really like. I had to find the recipe in a way for how to do it. And with spray cans, it's not the easiest thing to do. Mm. Um, so I mean, I, I was, I was spending maybe five days on the first portrait to make it right, and then I discovered a few things. And okay, so this is what I have to do to create that. And and uh, that was the ten months uh, at the hotel was uh, like yeah. A super uh, learning process. It was. Um, it it basically made made my skills what it is today. Actually, mm. but then all the portraits at the hotel were black and white, and which makes it much easier. Luckily, because um, uh, I've spent uh, all my years after that um, practicing and making color portraits, which is. Mildly, is it way more difficult? <laughs> but I, I mean, it, it's all about uh, you have you have to like understand the anatomy of the face before you can paint the portrait, and you have to understand how shadow really looks like, and it's not like a black area, and it's not no. like a, it got color tones in it which you didn't think, and 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 I have never went to any art school, so I haven't learned those, those things, so. I've had to learn everything by doing it. Yeah. I, I love that story. What what has been what's the biggest project that you kind of you know you thought you, you say you you like the the term the law of, law of attraction is something yeah. you think you you really embrace. Yeah. And what was one of the big projects you kind of just went you know the law of attraction here? I want this job, and it came to you like it happened. Yeah, I've had so many uh, experiences with it, um, and that's why I, I live that every day, every day, because uh, for me it seems to really work. And um, for example, this latest project that I'm doing now, it's in a big car dealership. Uh, it's a huge project, and uh, and uh, for for about two years, I've said to my wife many times, um, you know, I'm gonna do a huge project for a car dealership. Um, and it's gonna happen soon. I just know it. And then now um, I have recently started this huge project at the car dealership. So and it, cool. Yeah, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a monumental project. It's yeah. gonna really push things forward. I can't wait to go see it. It's no, gonna, it's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna actually probably I'm probably gonna sneak in there <laughs> yeah. and come in and have a look yeah. before before it's finished. Yeah, yeah, sure. I can give you a tour. Yeah, I love that. So like the law of attraction has been really good for you. And, you know, like you've got customers <coughs> like uh, the car dealership um, mm. and, and it seems like you've had a lot of high end clients that are very professional, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, very, yeah, business orientated. Mm. Um, does that take the fun out of it? Or is it, you know, is it still fun to do things like you told me one thing that made me smile 
and this is something I possibly may or may not still do, is you're an avid penis lover. Say what? That Ooh. sounds so weird to say it like Yeah, man. <laughs> I love penis. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. <laughs> no. no, it's a fun thing to, uh, to draw. <laughs> yeah, so tell, tell me what, how does that work? Like, so are you, are you doing, are you graffiti? Penis, or how does it work? What are you talking about when we talk about drawing penises? No, it's, um, you know, when I start a, a wall, I have this doodling technique for uh, reference points before I sketch the, um, the motif. Yeah. Uh, it's a technique. Um, and in that doodling phase, I mean, it doesn't matter what the doodles are. It just, it can be anything. Doodles. And of course, it's a good place to paint uh, like small penises and um the other day I, I wrote like this huge fuck trump as a doodle and uh, what's funny about it is that i film all the I film every process so people they they don't understand shit when they see all these doodles and small penises and fuck trump and and whatever mm. and then and then the sketch comes up and the doodles disappear and, and yeah. the motif comes and so i think that's a little bit of fun yeah yeah, because with your customers, that's kind of my point. It's like your customers, do they understand that? No. Like they're standing there, you know, you got these business type people, very proper. They're like, oh, yes, we want a graffiti piece in our, in our yeah. workspace. We, we want to be lit avant-garde, you know, with that sort of thing. You know, and there, there you are drawing dicks on, the, on their wall. <laughs> like, how does that, how do you, do you, do you get embarrassed a little bit or do you like, do you just embrace it? Like how, how do you deal with them and their yeah. perceptions of what you're actually doing? No, I totally embrace it. I, I don't get embarrassed and um, I allow myself to do those things because, because uh, I can and it doesn't, it doesn't matter for the end result is uh, going to be like a hundred percent anyway. Yeah. So, and I know that and uh, I know I can't convince them uh, that it will be, they, they hope it will be, and they are, they are having expectations, but I seem to always um, pass the expectations and give them more than what they wanted. So, because I think it's hard to like really um, see how it's going to be in the end and everything, and I think they get amazed by how delicately and detailed things come out, mm. uh, being graffiti and spray cans. But uh, I mean, I think that's just a fun part of it. And I, I've, I've stood in front of these doodle walls with some pretty awesome suit, suits, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, but the thing is that everyone has humor, you know, and guys are guys. And, and uh, I wouldn't necessarily maybe paint the penises and, uh, and, um, and do all that. I mean, it, it depends a little bit on the client as well. Yeah, I mean, that's... Sometimes you have to be more respectful, maybe. Yeah. I think a, a key factor is adaptation, you know? It's a, it's a very important thing from, that I learned from studying in nurse um, school. Uh, and I actually wrote this, uh, this um, assignment on adaptation because you have to adapt to every situation and you have to, like, try to read people before you act and before you do this this and that so I'm a pretty good people reader I think yeah because let's talk to me about that because like how does that work to read the people on how you approach 
the meeting and how you talk to them about prices and things like that? Yeah. I mean, most people are polite and, and I mean, they have called me for a reason. Um, and that's mostly because they have seen or heard about what I do. Mm. So they, they already know that it's, it's not going to be bad, you know. Um, but sometimes people are really, um, it's, it's new, you know, it's a, it's a little um, hard for them maybe to um, acknowledge that they like graffiti art and stuff because in some, um, uh, what do you say, in, in some social, um, for some people it has more stigma than for others, you yeah. know. And of course, the corporate world is, um, uh, it's got more stigma in the corporate world, like, yeah. I think amongst many. And I think especially too, when you're putting a price tag on that, yeah. it becomes a business decision as well, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah? And often it's, um, it can be a lot of money also. So then it's important to, to treat people respectfully and be honest, I think, and, and just, um, I mean, talk about what you can do and try to make them positive about what the, the outcome can be, you know? Mm. And I'm very def I'm very confident in what I can do and I can easily um, talk people through a, um, a sketch that I have in my head on a wall and I will tell them about uh, how it will uh, stand out and, uh, and three-dimensional depths and, and maybe some techniques that's unique for this wall. and. Uh, it's, it's pretty sellable, actually. But of course, you if you, if you meet this guy in a suit and he's he's not uh, smiling as much, and uh, maybe if you try humor first and it doesn't really um, fit, the, <laughs> um, then I mean, then you have to just be serious and and yeah. talk serious and know what you can do and and uh, don't have doubts about pricing and stuff. You you're worth what you what you're worth, you know. We often hear that, right? Yeah. You, know, you don't underprice yourself, like you know what you're worth. Yeah, that's um, hard though. It is, right? A lot of people, like for example, in my work, I've, I've built these soapbox cars and I use like 400 odd hours. So and awesome. I felt like, I felt tough to ask for like 30,000 kroners for yeah. one of these cars that I built. Now I never built, I'll never build probably one like that ever again. It was a, no. one unique car i did a lot of work it was very beautiful yeah. uh in some ways the guy got a bargain yeah well actually in all ways he got a bargain because yeah, for sure i didn't value my work i think that, you know I, I haven't done the math but it's something ridiculous it's like a it's like a dollar an hour or something basically <laughs> i he yeah he got yeah you know, he got not, like i put a huge amount of hours in and he just got it for a snap yeah and what's yeah. really important to not forget is that you're not actually just paying for what you get and uh, for the result. You're paying for maybe 20 years of training and experience and all that, you know. And that means things are worth more than you think usually Yeah. if it's well done. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't often talk about that, do we? Like, huh. we don't say, like, <clears throat> hold up, I've now been doing this for 21 years. Mm. I have 21 years of experience that has something to say about yeah. how much this costs for you. Yeah, 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 that's mostly what you pay for actually, mm. should pay for anyway, mm. absolutely. And I have thousands of pictures from earlier projects to 
to show, mm. you know, as you say in the portfolio. And yeah, I think you need to make people feel confident and um, secure about what they're getting and not, not have too much doubt. Mm. I think that's important. Cool. All right. Well, I mean, you, you're often pushing yourself. Uh, you know, you talked about earlier, you know, you're pushing yourself with techniques. Uh, you're pushing yourself in bigger projects. You may be a bit scared to actually start, you know? Yeah. Um, are, there, are there any people that inspire you, like where you look up to them and go, oh, I would love to be, you know, take that little part of what he does and mm. have that for myself or what she does or whatever, you know? Are there people like that? Yeah, there are many. I mean, in today's graffiti society, so it's so many really awesome artists and people experiment uh, on everything. And, and some people can do this totally crazy uh, stuff, you know? And of course, as everything else, I mean, people inspire people and you get inspired and, um, and after, after a while you make your own expression and everything. Um, so I, I mean, I could probably list up for an hour people that inspire me. What are the, who are the big ones that you're really like looking at constantly and go, damn, fuck, I was like, I need to, I need to get on his level. I need to learn yeah. that or what he does there is just awesome. I, I love that. I'm going to take that in. Yeah. But nowadays, uh, like today, it's, um, there are so many on a very high level that it's hard to like separate the ones that's truly like super amazing. Mm. Um, but of course you have like Smug One, which is a really great artist and, and uh, paint uh, photorealistic um, uh, paintings. And you have Insane 51, which is maybe one of the most famous uh, artists, uh, graffiti related artists in the world today. Uh, but I wanna like, I want to talk about Dime because Dime was this is this German um, graffiti artist who who has inspired me the most uh, through at least the first ten years of my uh, graffiti career, uh, and he was amongst a few others uh, one who created the realistic three dimensional graffiti piece technique, which is um, is real three D. Uh, as real as you get it, but with the graffiti like way of making letters mm. and uh, he made it he made something new that no one had really seen uh, and he made it so well and he can also of course paint photorealistic things and he's a great artist and he has thus done so many really cool projects and I feel like um, uh, I've had the chance to talk to him a few times and he's pretty much like me, you know, a little bit lone, loner type of guy and enjoys working uh, of his own, like um, for himself. Mm. And uh, little, he's a little weird, <laughs> but in a good way though. Right. Um, introvert kind of, yeah, same way I am actually. And so he has inspired me a lot and I've picked up a lot of techniques from him. Like we got this photo next to you, an old photo. I call it a photo, right? I just called it a photo. Yeah. <laughs> because it is, from a distance, it looks like a true photo. Yeah. Now, 
you come within two meters and then you can start to realize, oh wait, it's not a photo, it's, no. it's paint. Yeah. And then you start, then you come like <laughs> a meter and then you can start saying, oh, wait a second, that's spray can. Yeah. So is that the techniques that you kind of learned off him a little bit? Or? No, this is uh, not so much from him actually. This is, uh, when I make uh, graffiti pieces, I also use this three-dimensional realistic um, kind of um, building and structuring the piece. Um, so that's, that's based on what he has kind of learned me through the years, mm. uh, even though I have a different style than him. Um, but this is, um, I think this is inspired by other artists. There are a few that solely paint this three-dimensional balloon letter kind of style. Um, and especially two guys who are really big on it. Um, but I'm, yeah, so it's, it's kind of like a study actually but it comes out really cool and it becomes really three-dimensional and then if you see it in the picture it looks like yeah you well say, I'm, like I'm interested like if we like in the camera we're filming this yeah. now you know in the camera I'm sure it's gonna look amazing because yeah it looks digital you know, yeah yeah because I'd be interested to see that's yeah. really cool man like I yeah. love it I just think <laughs> Thank it's you. so cool Let's let's move uh, on and let's. I've got a new section in this podcast called Random Question. Um, and the question, the random question I have for you is, you know, you walk outside after we've had this interview, you you find a ten million dollars. Mm. What do you, what do you do? How does that mm. change your life with ten million dollars? Ten million dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah, man, that's. What, like 70, 80 million Norwegian kroners? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I, I think I would definitely kind of get rid of all mortgage and uh, debts and uh, all that just to make every day easy. And what happens and, to you every day? Like, do you change your every day or do you, you just do yeah. what you do or? No, I just, I mean, I'm. I'm always super excited to get up in the morning, except when uh, my daughter is uh, getting up at three, uh, <laughs> like which my... has happened a few <laughs> uh, now for a few, three or four nights. Like my um, son right now, jet lag, <laughs> yes. he's just, That's hardcore. <laughs> he's diabolical. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I, I'm always looking forward to, to go to my job and, and uh, either it's a project or it's I'm sitting designing or whatever. Um, I think it's a good start, uh, but I mean, I mean, just just not have to pay tons of money every month. In it is called mortgage, yeah, 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 yeah for mm. the house and mm, yeah. mm. because if I could get that out of the way, it would be so much. I didn't have to think about it. I don't like thinking about uh, money, um, but of course I need it, and I like to earn it. Yeah, so this question's of course got a you know, undertone to it. You know, depending on your answer, you know, it depends what people, you know, realistically what they um, value. Yeah. So you know, if you get ten million bucks and and you go out and you go buy a whole heap of stuff. Yeah. And you don't want to go to work again. <laughs> no. You know that that yeah. shows you like okay, well he's not really he's not passionate he's not no. involved in what he's doing so 
you know, you're, you're just saying, oh, I'm just going to pay off my house. Yeah. Like, there's no point did you say, I'm going to stop painting or I'm just going to relax on the sofa and no, go to no, the no. beach, you know. Neither did you say, I'm going to go buy a new house no. that's much bigger and fancier. No. So, I mean, that tells me something about you and the way you think about your life. You know, you're content with yeah. things the way they are. And then, you know, <clears throat> yeah. the mortgage would just be a nice thing to get rid of and be yeah. done with and not sure. worry about the money side of things. Yeah, yeah, I definitely would do a lot of other things as well. But a bigger house is not what I need and I don't want it. Mm. And um, quit working, I would never. I mean, I love working. It's, uh, it's after my family, it's what I love the most, you know. So and it gives it gives meaning in everyday life. If I if I had tons of money and didn't have to do anything and didn't do anything, I would fuck man. Yeah. Like, I would I would invest in a spaceship and travel <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I, I often say this, you know, because like I honestly believe by the time I retire, retirement age will be like eighty. Yeah. And so that's where I'm on this journey now. Is like I, I want to start doing something I like doing. Mm. Like I may not make any money for 21 years, just like you. Yeah. But in 21 years time, you know, I'm still young as fuck. I'm like 50, uh, 55 yeah. by that stage. Yeah. Like I got heaps of life left in me. Like if I'm working till I'm 80, that's 30 more years I'm going to yeah. be working. Yeah. And like, I'd rather be doing that, what I love to do than, you know, yeah. working till I die basically yeah, doing sure. a job I didn't like so yeah. for sure I yeah. mean but I'm uh, I like I like to think about finding money you know and I I'm the only the only material materialistic thing I can think of that I would like instantly spend money on it's like a super duper awesome car. I'm actually kind of a car guy. <laughs> yeah, even though I don't drive a fancy car. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I love car design. I love to look at the design. Mm. And I would, if I had tons of money, I would buy the design, not the rest of the car, you know? So I would probably buy like a Mercedes Glendewagen or something like a beast version of it. Something just to. Um, yeah, just because I can. And the rest of the money I think I would give away to like family and the ones I love and probably find some good stuff to use it on. And maybe, oh, maybe, um, uh, maybe um, invest in some like vegan um, production kind of thing, like uh, science in, I mean, we need to eat less meat. We don't eat meat at my house. Dude, and, I'm just changing that now. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, this dude, I've been on this massive journey since I've been in Australia. <laughs> and then yeah. like now, I like as of, actually, you guys, you just gave me milk in this coffee. Yeah. I have it like, that, that's the first dairy thing I've had in two days. Oh, really? Or meat or any animal products yeah. in, two, in two days. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like... I even went to the shop yesterday and I was in there and I was like, oh, I don't really want to buy meat, but I have to because my kids and everything, yeah. you know, are used to it. So yeah. uh, it's going to take time, but, uh, you know, I'm hoping I can stick with it. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not vegan, though. I'm, uh, we just don't spend our money on meat because we don't like the industry. It's a mm. principal thing for us. Mm. And 
of course, when you eat the veggies and everything, you feel lighter and it feels good. Yeah. And I think also that after some time, I think it tastes better as well. So I don't feel the hunger for meat anymore. But I mean, if I get invited to someone's house and they they have some meat dinner, I'll eat it. And if my friend who is a hunter comes home with some moose meat or whatever, mm. man, that's like a party. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Cool. So I like the taste though. Let's, let's, uh, let's get to story time. Story time. She stared at the gown and thought, yes, this is something my husband would wear. You got a story? Yeah, man. Have I? <laughs> no. A story. Like a fun story. Yeah. Yeah. I have, um, well, there's happened a lot of stuff. I remember I was painting, um, uh, I've been painting uh, like these uh, party buses, Norwegian party buses for a few years. Yeah. Uh, with a team called Askefar Vander. It's a big thing here, right? Yeah, it's a huge thing. Yeah. And um, at this one bus, I was painting with uh, this insane 51 guy from Greece. And uh, I remember because you have only to finish a bus, you have like, you have three days, but uh, some of the day one and day three is traveling and then you have to like prepare and uh, yeah, like maybe two and a half days painting. Um, and you have to be done, you know, because after these two and a half days, the next one comes in and you can't get the delay. Yeah. And I, I remember I was painting with this um, on this bus and I was feeling so sick and I, I was starting to throw up and, uh, and stuff. So. <laughs> So we were standing in this big like um, painting hall, you know, and uh, I was uh, having this uh, bucket. I found a bucket that I was throwing up in and I was painting at the same time. <laughs> so for five hours, I was like, and painting and painting and painting. And of course, you have you have the, the mask, mask on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh. sometimes it's hard to control when the uh, when it comes up. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, so um, I, I couldn't get the mask off and I puked inside the mask and it like sprouted out <laughs> from the sides. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a pleasant, uh, it was a very pleasant experience. That's dedication. Yeah, man. man. And then we needed to get it done. And of course, I, I was working on this really cool motif. I really wanted to get it done as well. Because yeah, that's interesting because I, I think that's something that says something about your character, you know, like just get it done like yeah just get it done stop don't make excuses no just do it and i usually i don't get sick very often mm. and even though i've i have maybe a little fever or whatever i still work and i i feel like it's the nurse side of me says that that's maybe not the wisest thing because you need to let the body rest a little bit but the all all other sides of me are saying fuck that mm -hmm. uh, it'll pass <laughs> Cool. <laughs> All right, let's go to Hack Attack. This is Hack Attack! I would not apologize for this bad intro. Hack Attack, yeah. I think um, basically uh, for me it works if I'm positive, you know, and, um, and I, uh, for many years I tried to be a perfectionist about everything and details and I, I spent all my energy on 
really unimportant things in the piece. Mm. And uh, people said to me, ah, you don't have to be a perfectionist. I mean, no one will see it and no one will uh, actually acknowledge and give you props for being the perfectionist. So, so I've learned throughout the years that fuck being a perfectionist, it doesn't matter. It, it's a waste of energy. Yeah. Yeah. Because nothing will ever be perfect, right? No. And it doesn't, it does not have to be it yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, and now I, I enjoy the flaws of things. I enjoy if there are like, um, what do you say, um, uh, tilfällighet. Um, that's often like a good thing. Mm. When it occurs and it doesn't really mean it to, and it comes out and makes it even better. So now I, I embrace that a lot more. Yeah, because often the, the best things happen when it's, you know, the mistakes, right? Yeah, and you can't control everything. So yeah. and it's, it's nice not to control everything. Cool. Don't be a perfectionist, people. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't be. <laughs> uh, cool, man. All right. Well, it was awesome having a chat with you. Um, I can't wait to edit this podcast. I think there's going to be some gold there. Yeah. Um, uh, is there anything you want to leave the audience with? Any like sayings or, you know, philosophies or anything like that before we go? Yeah, man. Um Study the law of attraction. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? Yeah, I mean, you can find me on Instagram, Standard Kaspari, uh, or on Facebook uh, with my name. Um, you can also find me at Who's Funnings Instagram and Who's Funnings Facebook. So, Who's um, Funnings, uh, that's your company you're Yeah, that's the company for? I work for now. Yeah. 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 Who's Funnings.no. Yeah. Yeah, it's an awesome company. Cool. I'll put that in the shorts. Yeah. Um, and anyone that wants to check them out can uh, go to those links. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming on board. Um, Thank you. I hope everyone got some value from uh, this podcast. Um, yeah. Let me know any comments, send me a DMs. Uh, I've been really disappointed that no one has been sending me DMs telling me how good looking I am. <laughs> uh, I say I say it quite often on these podcasts that no one has said anything. I'm starting to believe I'm not good looking. Yeah. Um, yeah so <laughs> thanks everyone for listening in. Uh, we will catch you uh, next week for the next episode. Uh, stay tuned. Hopefully, some big names coming. Uh, again, thank you, Steiner, for being on. Thank you. Um, keep making mistakes, people. Uh, look up the law of attraction yeah and keep on pushing yourself uh out of your comfort zone yeah way out yeah and uh we'll catch you guys on the flip side thanks yeah cool awesome we're done yeah finished yeah, finished. yeah. yeah.